Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death, the podcast all about horror movies and how to kill a girlfriend with them. My name is Cindy. Hi, I'm Josh. There he is. Uh, Josh loves his, his his horror movies. And this month, we are doing The Purge. Uh, we, we're doing them chronologically, not by release date. So we started with The First Purge, um, <laughs> which was... Uh, a good time was had by all. I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode in case you didn't realize what side of the political fence we lean on. I think we're pretty clear on that. Today we are watching the the first Purge, but the, the movie, The Purge, the one that was released first. When did that come out? June 7th, 2013. It's almost 10 years ago. Wait a minute. 10 years ago. I said it's almost 10. We're, we're coming up. I know. I just, and then that just... I'm sorry. That just took my breath away. <laughs> oh, my God. What killed me uh, earlier was listening to another podcast where they talked about if they were to reboot The Wonder Years, uh, Kevin Arnold and his family, it would be the late 90s. It's a pretty good time. But it, 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 it seems so long ago. Do you remember, do you remember the uh, peace and prosperity scare of the 90s? Yeah. Where they were like, oh, things are going so well, we should fuck this up forever. Yeah. <laughs> By they, I mean the government. Hey, the perk. Anyway. I'm okay. going to take over since you're <laughs> Thank having a you. moment. I'm just having a... Uh, the Whoa. Per- the okay. purge is rated R. It is one hour and 25 minutes. As I said, it was released June 7th, 2013. Oh, we're going to talk about this. Yeah, so if you case you're like, what was happening in 2013, Josh? I'm a baby, or I have or, no memory. Or I had a baby because he was, yeah. uh, oh my gosh. 2013 so okay. was the year of two popes. That's the year oh, Pope yeah. Benedict resigned and he was replaced by Pope Francis. Yes. So there you go. Ratzenberger uh, or something like that. Also, speaking of craziness that year, Edward Snowden. <laughs> Oh, gosh, that was that year. Yeah, that was the year old That's Edward Snowden. That started. Uh, some call him hero. Some call him traitor. I will let you rage in your car right now deciding which one is which yeah but that's 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 on you for yeah. how you decide, but i will I would like to remind you all um that people once called and in fact, wasn't Oliver North convicted as like a traitor and went to court for it and all that, and everyone was like, he's a traitor and now. I mean, he's a political pundit and has his own talk show. So. Yeah, I think people would, um, and Maybe. I'm not defending either one. I'm no, just saying, I'm just saying. Like, people it, would say that Oliver North went to jail and did his time. Like, oh, Snowden, got it. Snowden fled. And I think that's where a lot of people have the hang up. Oh. He didn't face trial. And so those people believe in the judicial system. There are people that still do, yes. Okay. So those people would say that when Hillary Clinton sat for 13 hours of testimony and it was deemed that she was acquitted of all wrongdoings, that they believe in our judicial system and that she is cleared of all wrongdoings then, right? They took a long way around the mountain on that one. Sorry. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I can get on my soapbox, I will. Go ahead. Yeah, fuck the Clintons and fuck Trump. All right, all right. Fuck our rich overlords. Um, That was also the year that the United States v. Windsor 
was decided, which gave federal recognition to same-sex marriages. Yay! It has now been longer than the Confederacy that we've had gay marriage, so these rainbow collars don't Don't run. run. We'll put a boot in your ass. We're the part of our history. The bitch. Woot woot. Woot. That's the kind of history I can be proud of. I don't have any births from that year. There were like some princes or some uh, like, you know, royalty, but... um, That's not your jam. I am a person who doesn't believe in royalty. Okay. Uh, Just don't. I think that is... They're like Santa Claus to him. They don't exist. No, they exist and they should be stamped out. Okay. Um, Like through voting. Oh, okay. I'm not advocating that we murder. Thank you for explaining Um, that. Like princes and princesses and... Okay. I'm just saying, like, there should be voting, and people in charge should be like, this is a stupid fucking system. Okay. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Back to the perch. So, <laughs> as I'm advocating for the perch. Yeah. Uh, people that died that year. Uh, not during the perch. So, Roger Ebert. Yeah. James Gandolfini. That was a shocker, wasn't it? It was crazy. Okay. He was, like, kind of at the high point of his career. Yeah. Uh, Lou Reed. Yeah. And Paul Walker. Yeah. Speaking of shocking. His uh, daughter, she's 21, and she just attended the F9 premiere. She didn't look anything like him. She's real tall, skinny, and brunette. Just to put that out there. Good for her. Yay. I'm glad she's doing well. She seems to be. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about him because we talked about him last week with The First Purge. So this movie is written and directed by James DeMonaco, the creator of The Purge Universe. World, story, all that. Um, I think it's fun. I'll just mention this to you now. Okay. I pulled this up. Um, he did not direct the first Purge. He handed that over, uh, yeah. if you listen to our first episode, to uh, a person so of color to tell that tale. James DeMonaco has said that there was a road rage incident that had him come up with the idea for the Purge. Oh, was that he, he okay? He and his wife were driving on the freeway when a drunk driver cut them off nearly causing them to crash, and he thought die. After both cars stopped, the other driver's lack of remorse so pissed him off that he got into a fist fight with this guy on the side of the road. Oh. And the police had to come and get involved, and after the incident was over, and he's back in his car, DeMonico's wife turned to him and said, how great would it be to have one free murder in a year? Yeah. (laughs) And, he and felt, I, I, everybody says that, right? He felt bad for admitting... Uh, he felt bad because his wife, who was like a really sweet person, was so like pissed off about the situation. And so right. see that he was like, in that moment, I probably would have killed the guy if I could have. Uh, your and, family's and life in danger, yeah. Thus the idea of the first... Or of of, of the, purge the Purge came about. So, so that's James DeMonaco. Uh, likewise, this movie was... Same with the first Purge. Produced by uh, Jason Blum and Michael Bay's companies. It stars... This might be the most... Star-studded? I would say maybe. Right? Not my favorite cast, but probably the most star-studded. So the headliner, the person lending their star status, is Ethan Hawke. That's a big name. Uh, He's James Sandin. You know him from the Before Trilogy, right? Yeah, from uh, Reality Bites. From Training Day. From what has been, I guess, voted as the scariest movie of all time, according to that one poll. A movie? Sinister. Okay. So there you go. Um, So Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. 
good time. I like Ethan Hawke. I don't. He has weird teeth and he treats women poorly, but continue. I don't know anything about the second part, but I'm not going to judge a man by his teeth. If I did, I would actively hate Tom Cruise. Yeah, he got his teeth fixed with an invisible one. Oh, that's right. Anyway. Yeah, also, I love Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, Lena Headey is his wife, Mary Sandin. You, listener, would probably know her as Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones. I watched Game of Thrones. The show that didn't fuck up the ending at all and was perfect all the way through. Josh says that because we didn't watch the last two episodes. No, we watched the last episode. I still haven't watched the last episode. Yeah. Like, I watched the second to last episode and someone was like, told me what happened. I was like, I don't even want to see that. This is going to make me mad. Yeah. So I just didn't watch it. I did. It Uh, wasn't worth it. (laughs) She was in 300. She was uh, in Dread, where her head exploded in slow motion in 3D. Gross. I enjoyed it. So, Lena Headey, probably the, well, not say the the other big name in this movie. Uh, then we get into the rest of the family. Max Backholder is Charlie Sandin. He was in Daddy Daycare and Parenthood. Okay. Adelaide Kane is... Adelaide... Uh, Adel- hold on. Zoe Sandin. I couldn't read my own handwriting. Okay. <laughs> she was in Power Rangers RPM. Ooh. Yeah, and the MTV TV show Teen Wolf. Okay. So there was a, I guess a. I TV didn't know show. there was a TV show. That... I don't follow anything on MTV. I didn't know that MTV was still a channel. It is. Okay, you, you had to have known that. I honestly thought it it wasn't a channel anymore. It's still that exists. it was just like a production company. At it this just point. they do reality TV show predominantly. Okay. It should just be RTV. Yeah. Right. That's fair. Uh, Edwin Hodge plays the bloody stranger. Gross. He was in Big Mama's house. Remember that movie? Yes. Yeah. Uh, And Rise Wakefield. Okay. Rise up, Wakefield. Let's do this. Yeah. He is the, quote, polite leader. Okay. He was in True Detective, season three. He's in the show Bliss. And... As far as the cast, there's other people in the movie, but I want you to keep an eye out for one person. Chris Mulkey is in this movie. Who is Chris Mulkey? Chris Mulkey plays Mr. Halverson. Um, in my heart, I don't know. He anything. will forever okay. be Norma's husband, Hank from Twin Peaks. Oh, <laughs> Hank! Hank Jennings. I know exactly who you're talking He's about. He's the big bad. Ugh. In the first part of season two, Ugh. Uh, he's got that domino he keeps flipping. The worst flipping. season, yeah. Uh, false. All right. Well, actually, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's so weird. Like, there's that weird. Uh, Save it for the Twin the Peaks podcast. Season two, where David Lynch wasn't there, and it was it kind of went crazy. A lot of um, that lady's house in the middle of nowhere, and her wanting like her husband killed. Back to the purge. <laughs> Back to the purge. He always tries to sidetrack into something with David Lynch. Uh, All right, this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a movie poster and I try to discern meaning. I know what the purge is about. It, it's one of those movies that has become like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I knew who Freddy was without even seeing it. That's a badass picture, though. I mean, poster. One night a year, all crime is legal, the purge. And it's just like a very scary, smiley mask. In, uh, in like, sepia tones. All right. So I know that this is a movie about just that. 
I'm going to assume that this is about uh, what traditions and rituals have evolved from this becoming some sort of federal holiday. Mm-hmm. All I... right. This is available on HBO Max, I believe. I'm not sure. I mean, I just have all the Blu-rays. Right. But I'm just going to throw out something before we move on because I... I want the listener to have this in their mind. And Fresh in their, in their mind. mind. Okay. So, James DeMonaco has a deep fear of guns. And he put that into the movie. And he said that most traditional villains are less scary now that random people are carrying guns and can cause a massacre everywhere and anywhere. Right? It's a good point. He said, quote, I'm terrified for my country, so I think that cynicism seeps into the film... America itself has become the canvas instead of the haunted house. The canvas is now America. We don't need ghosts or vampires anymore when we're just killing each other all the time. Yep. That's true. It's really, it's true. I've taught in inner city schools and not inner city schools. And um, I was scared for my life for different reasons in both. And it's not what you would think, for sure. It's crazy. So uh, that's just... I think that along with the impetus of, like, the drunk driving incident, really. Yeah. Outlines. What we're about to see. Especially the direction of his three films. Because he did the first three. And they they basically... They They follow each other. trilogy for the most part. Like, one is standalone, kind of. There is some connections. Two and three are very connected. Mm -hmm. So. All right. So, uh, join us, won't you? Mind the doors. The purge. people a release for all the hatred and violence that they keep up inside them why don't you guys kill someone tonight because we don't feel the need to johnny just remember all the good the purge does we'll be fine just like always no worries okay this is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge at the siren All emergency services will be suspended for 12 hours. Your government thanks you for your participation. Help me! Someone, please, help me! I just need to get someone safe! Does anybody hear me? Let him in our home. We have no idea who's after him. Our target for this year's purge is hiding in your home. You have one hour to find him and give him to us, or we'll kill all of you. They can't get in here, right? They can't get into our home.
nothing is ever going to be okay again. OG Purge was crazy. Welcome back. The trailer was pretty interesting for those of you who just listened and those of you who are watching along with us. OG Purge was crazy. I find it interesting mm-hmm. that you call it the OG Purge. Well, I don't. I started calling it that because we're watching them in chronological order rather than in uh, the order that they came out. So when I say the first purge, like that's the name of the movie, the first one that we saw. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just kind of, it's, no, I get it. it's just, it's amusing to me. Every time. It's, the, it's the OG purge. Yeah, so uh, the purge. The purge, y'all. This was something. This was something and a half. I liked, um, I really thought it was going to be super predictable and very well. And then the twist of having the guy come in and then, um, I was, I figured it would probably end the way it did, but it was pretty cool. I think even the ending is not what you expect it to be, but we'll get to that in a second. All right. Um, I just, well, not the, not like the ending ending, but I mean, um, the, when the neighbors come not to defend them, but to attack them, that part, that part of it was what was predictable, but there were layers on that that weren't. And it was really interesting. I liked it. I liked it. So what, walk us through what happened in this movie. Give us a description of this Uh, movie. This movie is about a security salesman. Ethan Hawke. The Knight of Purge, whose son lets in a victim because he's worried about him. And the chaos that that creates. Done. Oh, I forgot about and the girl. The, his daughter's boyfriend sneaks in. What was his end game, by the way? Was he always planning on just killing him? Because then, yeah, I bet your girlfriend's really gonna love you. Well, Ugh. we'll talk about that in a minute because okay. that is something that you are. It's very interesting. But IMDb has it as a wealthy family is held hostage for harboring the target of a murderous syndicate during the Purge, a twelve-hour period in which any and all crime is legal. Uh, Cindy did mention that it's a gentleman. She referred to him as the victim. The victim, um, yeah. I think he's called, he's credited in the film as Bloody Stranger. Okay, he's yeah, into, that's what into he is. this very expensive home in a very nice subdivision because he's fleeing from a Charles Manson-esque cult during yeah. the Purge. Um, Honestly, he is he is two things. It didn't remind me of a Charles Banson cult. You know what it reminded me of? A fraternity and sorority party. Like. So a Charles Manson-esque cult <laughs> uh, okay, is what I'm hearing. Sorry. <laughs> Watch that. Uh, okay. I think it's important to note that the bloody stranger character who kicks off the whole inciting incident is two things. He is homeless mm-hmm. and black mm-hmm. that's, and that's correct. his crime that they're after him to murder him for was when they attempted to originally kill him and his friends for being homeless and black on the purge night he killed one of them so they're like we have to kill him 
real good. Yeah. Like, we have to really, really kill the shit out of this, this homeless, homeless black person, guy. Right. Because the purge has done exactly what the first purge predicted it would happen. It's become a clearing of the poor people from a community, the clearing of... Um, helpless people not even people without homes but i mean yeah people uh, i imagine can you imagine what happens um to to people that are of that that are special needs you know what i mean like i don't think it's ever been addressed any purge movie but do you know what i mean think about like if they're i hate this but we're dealing with this in west virginia a lot where the the caretakers of the, our special needs populations are not being too friendly with them. And so it's like, you, I would imagine on a purge night, they'd take them quote unquote out of their misery. Yeah, uh, I can uh, see that. I was saying, I don't think this has ever been addressed in a purge movie. Oh, we the, still have time. There's the, still time. The TV show ever, because I never watched the TV show. But there, I think you're right. There definitely would be parents that would take out their children yeah. who were... Uh, a little more it's a layer of cumbersome. Uh, yeah it's it's a layer of atrocities that we never really talk about like with the nazis for instance we talk about you know the holocaust uh, well, people I, I turned think, in their own mentally and physically on you know yeah. challenged relatives and things like that as well and the lgbtq well uh, yes that's but where they get the pink triangle i think it's interesting that did kind you know of that? at the beginning of this movie, the I did know that. The hero of... That's why Frankenfurter wears one. Oh. Um, the hero of this movie is mm-hmm. posited as Ethan Hawke, which is not the case. No. Um, I would say maybe his son is the protagonist that we're following. We spend more time with him. I don't know. Like, it's weird because it definitely sets up to be Ethan Hawke. He's the main character. Right. But I don't really know if he's the protagonist. He and his wife are very pro-purge. Like, they're upset when their son lets someone in. And they... They try to explain to the purge crowd that, like, we're we're with you. Yeah. We support what you're doing. Our son just fucked up and let this dude in because he doesn't know any better. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we'll just open it up then. Thanks. So, and I get that you immediately kind of... It's shitty of them, but you get on board because it, they get put in a situation where it's like Us or them, them or him. Yeah. Like, do we take this guy and give them to these people who are going to murder him? Because if we don't, they're just going to come here and murder all of us. Right. So I get that. But before that occurs, Ethan Hawke's not a good dude. No. <laughs> Uh, he, he it's alluded to that he was he they used to be very very poor like in a studio apartment they could barely pay rent and he's a smarmy salesman yeah, he's, and now they live in this massive McMansion and they've just put on this massive addition and he he's that guy he's like hey buddy how you doing pal hey bud hey friend like it's so phony well, he's talking about buying a boat with a fucking garage in it for your car yeah that was crazy right like. He's like, why would you even need a car in your boat? But I guess if you can afford it. Uh, so, that's true. That's what kind of opens yeah, I mean, up. Imagine where we were before. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. I get the idea of like, we've been sold this bill of goods that the American dream is about me, 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 money, money, money. Like, and it is not. Fuck everyone else over. I had a really interesting breakdown if we went by decade of like how we got into this place. And if we start with like 
the World War One and people who have insane PTSD return home, right? And they're expected just to pick up where they left off, and they couldn't. Uh, and, Cindy, let me just... Correct, and, like, all the way... Let me just correct you and say that they didn't have PTSD. I'm sorry, yeah. They had shell shock. <laughs> right. And then, uh, so that, that leaves um, a generation with fathers who aren't quite right. And so when we, when the 40s come up and another war comes out, we have a generation of like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do like my dad did. And I'm going to do it right this time. And um, But they return home just as traumatized. So we have a generation of men who are traumatized and can't be good fathers and can't, uh, and they don't know what they're doing and women are disenfranchised. So you have the pushback. Their kids become the cool hippies of like the 60s and, you know, hands-free kind of parenting, which leads to, you know, the <laughs> my generation where in like the 80s of like, no, you need to stay outside for 15 hours a day <laughs> and drink water from the hose. That absentee latchkey parenting because they want their life um, because they saw that their parents didn't. And then that created the crazy helicopter parents that we are now. And, you know, it, it's just like, oh, it's just like this massive chain of just... And it was perfectly shown in this movie of, like, this dad who... He should be these smiley, happy, everyone seems to like him, good guy. and But he's not. His, he doesn't pay attention to his kids. His He's totally out of touch with reality. He doesn't understand he's willing to give up it was just yeah this movie hit on a ton of uh it yeah. hit on a lot i i would argue I guess... that that's not necessarily generational for him i saw oh, that yeah. more of as that new money fancy guy. so wrapped up in your own success like yeah. he does the thing at dinner where he wants he makes them all share how their day was and he rushes them through theirs. So he can give, so he can give his good news Yeah, because he's so self-absorbed. Like he loves his family. He clearly loves his family. I'm not saying that he doesn't, he doesn't understand. He just loves himself more than that. Right. And what he's created and is able to accomplish. Yeah. He thinks that in that typical, like in that typical rich white guy way. Yeah. uh, Hold on a second. In that typical rich white guy way of, so money equals love. Right. Like I've gotten money you this giant happiness. house. I've gotten you like all because of these we've toys. been sold this bill of goods. Everything. It's right. It's me, 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 me. Here's everything you ever want, except for like genuine attention and affection from your parents. Right. Maybe understand, you know, your daughter and where she is with this boy and what's go- what's really going on. So that you're not blindsided that she's, you know, 16 dating an 18 year old. I would say that the most interesting dichotomy in the movie, it might not be Ethan Hawke and his son. It may be the cult leader and Ethan Hawke's son. Because that is someone who's just left being a child. Like he's like. Very young. Yeah, that's why I thought like college. Like early 20s. But he. Clearly is devoid of any because emotion. Right, they've been raised right? that this got is no okay. Empathy, nothing. He's just he kills that guy. He refers to him friend. as the swine. Right, he shoots that guy. Oh yeah, who yells at Ethan Hawke through the, the monitor? Boop. He just shoots him, and he's like, "That was my friend. 
Imagine what <laughs> I will do to you because yes. you are not my friend. Oof. Like it, that was scary. It really is this like chaos we've created through the idea of, and we're going to dive down this rabbit hole. I apologize because I'm sure someone's listening and they're going to get very pissed off about this. Uh oh, um, here he goes. This is what capitalism, hyper hyper capitalism, yes. does to people. Right, the fact that you monetize everything, yeah. which is exactly how this would go down, right? Like there has to be whole new industries pop up, and this is not the first Purge movie that. I'm sorry, this is not the last Purge movie that's oh, okay. going to deal with this. So, in later in later Purge movies, and I'll tell you this because it's not really you know in, intrinsic to the plot. There are things like Purge insurance that you can get for your business. Oh, so, so in case that something gets destroyed, yeah, in case like someone burns your fucking shop sense. down or like you know robs you blind so there's like a whole like because it's hyper capitalism there's a whole like separate everything that comes out of just purge night there's an industry that's born out of this so not only is it doing two does the purge succeed in doing two things they say it lowers crime because you're basically killing people that you're quote undesirables you know which thins out the job market which thins out the need for social services which is essentially what Hitler wanted to do. Yep. Right? Like, these people are a drain on society. Why don't we just get rid of them? That's what the purge is doing. It's just a little more, it, it in a different way. It's a little more upfront, but it's also super psychological yeah, and backdoor. It, it's, it's the thing of, like, you tell people, which is the thing that Americans have been told for so long, but by the sheer nature that you live in America and you're probably white and... You know, you're an able-bodied person. That you that you deserve everything. Right. Every opportunity should be yours. Mm-hmm. If you're not rich, it's your own fault. Yep. Right. If you're poor, that's your fault. Yep. So the you're idea not, you're obviously not working hard enough. That you would you know just keep pushing this narrative and then weaponize it by being like, there's no laws, and then turn people loose. Of course, they're going to turn on the lower classes. Oh yeah. Like America, like societies all over the world do this. But America's really, really, really fucking good of always punching down, right? Yeah. In a society where way more of your tax money goes to corporate welfare, to places like Walmart and Target and these big companies, people still go, you know, it's these fucking people on their food stamps and they get WIC. And all. It, it, that is such a small percentage compared to what, like, Walmart gets. And then they don't even pay their employees a livable wage. But They don't pay taxes people, either. Yeah. Most people don't punch up at the rich, at the Waltons, at Walmart. They punch down at the people living in their neighborhoods that they see every day. And they're like, you know, this poor person, how dare they, like, want to go to Taco Bell once a week or whatever. Like, anyway, I think it's important to kind of note there's an air of... um, class traitorism right? oh we yeah a class sure. traitor in this movie you know the idea that ethan hawk's family's not been rich their entire lives and they live in a place where all these rich people probably have been at least well it, off most of their lives they, they that's another added layer so we have the idea of classism between the rich and the poor mm-hmm. the people who are the the single man of color who is without a house versus a 
family of four that have a mansion so large, like it's cavernous, right? But then we also have that division because in America, this is even more important, is the separation in the upper class between new money and old money. That idea of they don't, like you just said, they don't belong here. They're nouveau riche. They're, they don't know how to spend their money properly. They don't know how to showcase their money properly. So it even adds that layer to it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that an act of kindness opens them up to this. Yeah. Because it's like this thing where... It's wild. The son lets the guy in and then it turns into a movie of, you know, them against the guy in their house and then they end up deciding we're monsters if we do this we're not going to do this the purge is wrong right which is a shame that (laughs) a lot of especially rich white people yeah don't learn how the world affects other people until it affects them in that way right right? they can't step out of their own skin for a second and be like oh the world's not fair to everyone oh just because it's super fair to me but (laughs) like the idea of through this act the, the neighborhood shows up to save them, and you're like, oh, it's but actually, not really. it's not that. It's the fact that they've opened themselves up, and then now these people are going to come in and just get rid of them because they're they're jealous of their new addition so, and their new money. And it's just more rich people bullshit, and then they're ultimately saved by the homeless person of color mm-hmm. after Ethan Hawke dies. So, secrets? Mm-hmm. That is... The reason that my favorite movie is Saturday Night Fever. I know that sounds so like every because of the purge. <laughs> I didn't realize that the purge because was the, there are so many problems with that movie. However, it's really um, it, it's very accurate to what the time was. But anyway, the underlying message of that entire movie is it doesn't matter where you are; you're still going to shit on somebody. So. He has a speech that uses language I won't use, but it's that idea of it's it's the whole climax of the movie is when John Travolta's character realizes that, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, we shit on the people of color, people of color shit on um, Latinx people, Latinx people shit on native people. You know, like it doesn't matter. And even if we still get to the top, we're still going to be shit on by the people at the top we're never like it doesn't matter there's always going to be someone to shit on that's just how life is and that well i mean i know that sounds awful and that it's a dark movie in many ways but it's like yeah that's true yes and the problems that people have with that movie are accurate um however it 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 shows well when you were a a, 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 a white male you kind of could do whatever you wanted if you wanted to ride a train on some girl in the back of the car sure if you want like white guys could do whatever they wanted and it's about a guy realizing that and like oh that okay that's why i love that movie anyway well that's nothing to do with the purge sorry join me on my john travolta fan cast coming soon <laughs> i'm just gonna chime in with two quick things to build off that the first one is what you were saying yes uh one of my grandparents was that like um old school racist yeah where they didn't like certain types of white people yep like italians yep (laughs) they were like you know they don't even really like the irish too too much well i mean he 
they didn't have any problem with the Irish. You know, the Irish are pretty white. I guess my family's old school racism is even older. <laughs> yeah, you got you come from like that like East Coast very uh, bullshit. I came from like there's also a huge difference. I'm straight Appalachian. Yeah, you are Appalachian. In no way are you guys Southern. You're an Appalachian family. And my family's just, it's old. It's not even just that they're Eastern. My father, <clears throat> my grandparents, my grandparents were born before the 20th century. <laughs> my family's just old. They remember racism back when it was hardcore. <laughs> and they participated, so I'm sure. They remembered it up until a couple... Like days ago. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Just that old, I explain it as like, you know what institutionalized racism is? How, you know, I think I talked about in the front half. There's a whole generation of people that call don't know the proper name of a Filbert nut. Not for any other reason than that's just what they've always been called. What are you talking about? Okay, I, I want to talk about that for a second. Okay. Before I go to about Filbert nuts. Let's do what this. What is a filbert nut? I'm going to tell you what they're called. No, 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 no. Oh. I, I know, I know what you're going to say. I don't, and it's gross, right? But explain, like, because I want to see if it's the same thing that my grandmother. It is. It's there. If you get a bag of mixed nuts, they're the larger ones that are black, or no, they're they're like a dark, 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 dark brown, and then the meat inside almost has like an almond cover, but okay. it's very clear inside, like a I white was inside. Raised to call I mean my grandmother called them something incredibly racist yep. and disgusting but I was always told that those were called Brazilian nuts oh am like I wrong Brazil nuts are those Brazil nuts maybe uh, I'm wrong I think so I'd never heard the was it Hang on, look. Gilbert nut is that what you're calling it <laughs> yeah I'd never Hang heard on. that term before um I will say this while Cindy's looking this up I'm a, a Filbert nut is a hazelnut so I am wrong and then a Brazil nut. You're, I have heard Brazil nut. You're absolutely right. A Brazil nut. Yep. You're, gosh, you're absolutely right. Yes. My grandma called him something awful. That was not Brazil nut. Oh, but no. Mine, uh, <laughs> neither did mine. Cindy was talking about Saturday Night Fever. I took a photo of her that I may or may not post to our uh, <laughs> oh. Facebook page. Because oh, yeah. if you look at the photo... And you zoom in over her shoulder. Right. There's clearly you can see a the, Saturday Night Fever VHS tape. That's, you can see the John Travolta that's always on my shoulder. That's the good Travolta. He literally looks like an angel dancing over Because he is. Dark. He's the good Travolta. I have a good Travolta and I have a bad Travolta. But bad Travolta is a Travolta as Nick Cage from Face Off, as we all know. Oh, and good. No, I'm sorry. We don't talk about that one, honey. Good one is the one just there. And they... Give me a little advice and tips on her, on, uh, you know, as I go through my day. I'll go with blowout John Travolta. (laughs) He, Uh, we'll get into that. It really, it really does come down to, and this whole thing of class and where the first purge is way more about race. It's like race first and class in some ways. This is definitely class than race, I think. The older I get, the more... I don't know if the word is ashamed, but I'm going to, I'm going to say that that feels right of, you know, uh, growing up, I was taught like when I learned about China and Asian literature and, and Chinese literature, like, oh, and Americans went and stopped foot binding of women and American went and stopped, um, you know, female genital mutilation in, in the Congo and 
oh, oh, you know, we're trying to help India. They have a horrible caste system there. It's horrible. It's, it's awful. And the older I get, the more I'm like, bitch, those are all problems we fucking have. We have a caste system here. Sorry, we do. And I don't, you know, maybe we don't have the untouchables, but I'm sure we do. We have a group of people who, if you know, people who, who are without a house, who are dirty and live on the street, might have a mental problem, but are essentially harmless. Who's going to pick them up and help them? Nobody. They're untouchable. Thanks, Reagan. Like, I'm just saying, like, this is, we are the enemy. Yeah. Do you, do you want to know my absolute favorite thing about the purge? What? About, you know, the original, what you call the OG purge. I do call it the OG purge. My favorite thing about it is, it really comes down to, at the end of the movie, when, you know, the upper class turns on the Ethan Hawke. They turn on each other kind of a thing. It really does go to show that... It's not race. Like, we're fed all the time that it's like this thing of, like, it's, it's race. It's Absolutely race. It's race. Not. It's race. It's class. Yes. Right? And I'm not saying... Keep like, them fighting amongst yeah, themselves. Please don't misinterpret it saying, you know, hear me saying this and say and think that I'm saying that racism's not real or it doesn't exist. It's very real. It's, it's very a massive problem in our country. It's very systemic. Yeah, absolutely. But that's intentional. Right. Right? So the whole thing is... The upper classes have divided us and kept us fighting amongst ourselves for so long that they've been able to just constantly steal out of our fucking back pocket. And we just always, like I said, it goes back to me mentioning like we're always punching down, right? Right. Shitting on if you have been sold talking about a, Saturday Night Fever yeah, terms. We've Shitting been on. sold a bad bill of goods in this country, right? Do you know what you sound like? Who? Malcolm X in that famous speech, Paul, you know, brothers, you've been sold a, you've been sold a bad sale of goods. Plymouth Rock, you know, we didn't land in Plymouth. Plymouth landed on us. Oh, brothers, you've been had. You know, I love Malcolm X, but you know what he looks like in my head when I close my eyes and think of him? Denzel Washington. Yeah, he looks like Denzel Washington. Do you want to know how, the only reason that I, I love that ever, movie. <laughs> this is, God, the only reason I ever was like, I'm going to study Malcolm X was because of Robin Hood men in tights. Fair. Hey, <laughs> and man. that speech that a very young Dave Chappelle gives. It doesn't matter how you get there. It just matters that you get there, right? Yeah. Um, it, but it's not false. And, and the thing is, like, I've been told, like, my, I don't want to make my grandparents sound like monsters, but, like, the older generation has told me, like, I remember my mom's father thinking all Puerto Rican people had knives and they were dangerous. It's this thing. Like, That's what my birth yeah. father thought about uh, anyone who wore a turban. They keep a, they keep a blade up in there. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's this thing of like, I have more in common with lower middle class people of color than I do with rich white people. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and I do share some traits with rich white people. We are both white. Doors will open for me that will not open for people... That don't um, look like you. That don't look like me, who make the same amount of money as me, who live in the same neighborhoods as me. Right. Because that shit is very fucking real. Yeah, especially here. But at the end of the day, right, when it all goes down, it's not going to be black people versus white people. It's not It's not going to be Hispanic people versus... It's going to be... At some point, we're going to wake up and realize what's happening. What the rest of the world re- realized during the French Revolution and... Yeah, that that well, it, it's against. Go out on a limb and say, I know I've been 
sounding like crazy socialist talk time here. Well, you always do, huh? But I'm not advocating that we murder people. Just want to throw that out there <laughs> from what Cindy just said with the French Revolution. It's not what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on record being like, we should kill people. Right. That's not what <laughs> we're advocating. I'm on record in saying that we should do what's best for all of us. Like, and I think that's the end of the purge, right? It's the guy who they saved by proxy yeah. to their son comes back and saves them. That's how that shit works. And it shows that it's not working for at, on any level. Yeah. We have to have each other's backs. Yeah. Because nobody else does. this shit works. That's how, we, that's how we're successful. Right. America, we've been tricked into thinking it's, there's two types of people in America. There's the rich and the not rich yet. And that's never going to fucking happen. The reason that we were at our best during the greatest generation, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and we can argue about it if you want, is that there was we were at a time when women were largely in charge of the societies. We had a shared common goal. We looked beyond race and ethnicity because we had a common goal. Like, we've got to do this. And when you lift all those restrictions, people are pretty, for the most part, oh, like, Okay, we have this common goal. Let's go. Let's do this. It doesn't matter what you look like. Well, I would also argue that you could add one of the highest corporate taxes in the history of the... Actually, the highest yes. corporate tax in the history of this country. Yes. Uh, in the 1950s, which is what I was like to throw at people when they're like, yes. let's go back to you know a time when family matter, like family values were a thing. And, da, 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 and they always want to go back to the 50s. It's like... Highest cool. corporate tax. I'll go tax. back to that corporate tax yes. rate and corporate tax structure, please. And the estate tax. Yes. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, uh, the Purge movies are there to to be fun and entertaining. And to, sh- and to be to a microcosm, to, yeah, to show us. But let me just say this. Where we are and where we're going. This is not where I expected to end discussing what's behind the Purge. Right. But you live in a society, right? Mm-hmm. Your obligation is to the other members of that society. Right. And that means... You have to sometimes take an L on insane dumb shit that you don't need <laughs> so other people can, like, have a fairly productive life. Yeah. Just take care of each other. Vote in the interest of us instead of me. Because the, the American dream really needs to be reframed from the me to the we. Because that's how we move forward as a society is by taking care of each other and not hoarding every dollar we can at the expense of the lower classes that we just eradicate. Boom. So that's the purge, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. So let's talk about... <laughs> but we are... Uh... Let's... <clears throat> this is going to be a long one. Let's real quick, let's go through the Arkov formula. Uh Let's see. Is it based? Is there action? Yes. Quite a bit. And it's rather intense. Uh, Revolutionary. This was the first of its kind. This idea of this. This was the first Purge movie. Were there there other movies before this that had the same concept? I mean. A one night free for all? No. No. Not like that. I mean this is essentially a home invasion movie. Those have existed for a while. Okay. Um, The idea of like the government just being like. Fucking go at it. Get them feelings out is fairly a new yeah. concept in the film. Oratory, yes. We just went over some together. Uh, you know, that's what I did to a friend. Imagine what I can do to you. And then fantasy and fornication. Fantasy, 
Yes, we're not quite there yet. God forbid. Uh, and fornication. I mean, we've they got have the, the moment with the kids. Yeah, the, the kid. The teenagers are making out, and there, there's some intense dry hump action. Movie teenagers. Yeah, movie teenagers. So kids in their twenties. Yep. Uh, the girl looks like Eliza Dushku was there. Oh. All right. I love her. Let me let me throw some trivia at you real fast. Please do. To to deepen the well of our already insane conversation. Um, <clears throat> so the director was asked why the film has so many opens with all this footage of, you know, the purge happening all over the place and all this stuff, you know, it's all, they actually use a lot of real footage from places, but we'll talk about that in a second. But they said, why did you then opt to have all this occur in one family's home after, you know, you had this big opening and Said, this is a cool. Uh, this is a cool bit of trivia. I remember this. He said we only had 19 days to shoot and 2.7 million dollars to work with. So, boop. That's why we did not explore the world any deeper. Was because we had to stay in one house. Yeah. For financial reason. Um, <clears throat> uh, he did say that the homicidal ladies in white dresses were based on Charles Manson's followers, and he kind of based. The uh, smiling gentleman, the guy who comes to the door on Charles Manson. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Hawke did this movie basically as a favor to his friend Jason Blum. Who was the director, he, right? He or producer. producer. Yeah. yeah. And Blumhouse. Yeah. <laughs> he basically like did this movie for scale and loaned his star power to it in exchange for like back-end profits. Nice. So how it worked was... Oh, that must have been... Uh, he got a $3,000 check up front to be in the movie. And then once the movie came out and was as big as it was with his back-end profits, he's actually made more from this movie than maybe any other movies ever made. <laughs> that's, a, that's a damn good uh, system. Right, took, it all on the, took it all on the back yeah. end. He saw in the future. He knew, he, he's not uh, new to this business. Yeah. Uh, Anything else? Yeah, so some of the footage we I mentioned... It was actual real footage. So they used footage in the opening from the 1992 Los Angeles riots. From uh, It's where the men shooting. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Afro- the Korean-American business owners and other volunteers from the community attempting to keep looters at bay. Yeah. The Korean-owned businesses were specifically targeted due to ethnic tensions at the time. So they actually used <sighs> real life footage footage in the openings yeah because it's not much of a stretch like this is one of those movies where it's in the future but it's not really in the far future that's why i keep saying we're not quite there yet and you mentioned uh the thing about the the daughter and her boyfriend and how like what was his plan so the director and writer james demonico originally that wasn't the story the boyfriend did not try to kill the dad it was the daughter who tried to kill the dad. Ooh. Because she's like, I love him. You're not going to keep us apart and you're a monster. And, uh. But the studio was like, yeah, we're not doing that. Like, <laughs> that's apparently, a crazy. patricide, attempted patricide is too far. Oh, that's where we draw the line. Yeah. Okay, let me write that down. Yeah, make a, make a note of it. Thank you. I'll make sure to uh, note that the next time I watch a graphic rape scene. Yeah. Uh, so the bloody stranger who we talked about, the uh, guy they let into the house. Yes. He is... In all three of the original Purge movies, <laughs> in some capacity, and he actually gets a name. Later, yeah, his Dante Bishop. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
They need to remember house, that for the next one. The house is real. Actually, he's in the next one the least. Like, oh. He's basically just in it for a moment. Okay. The no. next time you see him in a in a role where actually it's was a he name, in is a third Purge film. Was he in the first Purge? No. No. No, no, no. Okay. The first Purge where it was a prequel. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it. It I was just curious. went all the way back to the beginning and it's all new characters and they kind of yeah, started yeah, yeah. over from scratch. That's kind of... I'm interested to see how the new Purge film is going to work because it's a sequel yes. to the third Purge film. Which is what we're watching next. Carryover. So when we're watching Purge 2 next. Purge right. Anarchy. Pur- Purge Anarchy is next, not and the third The timeline's Purge. crazy. I know we did it backwards. It's like following Fast yeah. and the Furious or something. Okay. Let's go in order. All right. Well, then, until then. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, uh, I will not watch this with my youngest. This is not a movie for him. The middle, the the 15-year-old, yes. He would love this movie. I think he's even seen this movie. And the uh, 75-year-old, no. Too too violent uh, for all the reasons that we just talked about. A little too heavy-handed on a message that uh, she... It's different for her. So, no, not not that. Fair. Fair. All right. <laughs> Until next time. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay. Love, love one another. That's what the takeaway from this is. Love one another. And vote. Vote like your life depended on it. Well, anyway, I think it's important to kind of note... There's an air of um, class traitorism, right? Oh, we yeah, have a class for sure. traitor in this movie. You know, the idea that Ethan Hawke's family's not been rich their entire lives. And they live in a place where all these rich people probably have been, at least well it, off most of their lives. They, they, that's another added layer. So we have the idea of classism between the rich and the poor, mm-hmm. the people who are the, the single man of color who is without a house. Versus a family of four that have a mansion so large, like it's cavernous, right? But then we also have that division because in America, this is even more important, is the separation in the upper class between new money and old money. That idea of they don't, like you just said, they don't belong here. They're nouveau riche. They're, they don't know how to spend their money properly. They don't know how to showcase their money properly. So it even adds that layer to it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that an act of kindness opens them up to this. Yeah. Because it's like this thing where... It's wild. The son lets the guy in, and then it turns into a movie of, you know, them against the guy in their house, and then they end up deciding, we're monsters if we do this. We're not going to do this. The purge is wrong, right? Which is a shame that a lot of especially rich white people yeah. don't learn how the world affects other people until it affects them in that way. Right. right? They can't step out of their own skin for a second and be like, oh, the world's not fair to everyone. Oh, just because it's super fair to me. But yeah. like the idea of through this act, the the neighborhood shows up to save them. And you're like, oh, it's but actually, not really. it's not that. It's the fact that they've opened themselves up. And then now these people are going to come in and just get rid of them because they're they're jealous of their new addition so, and their new money. And it's just more rich people bullshit. And then they're ultimately saved by 
the homeless person of color mm-hmm. after Ethan Hawke dies. So, secrets? Mm-hmm. That is the reason that my favorite movie is Saturday Night Fever. I know that sounds so... Like every... Because of The Purge? <laughs> I didn't realize that The Purge because was Because the, there are so many problems with that movie. However, it's really... Um, it, it's very accurate to what the time was. But anyway, the underlying message of that entire movie is it doesn't matter where you are. You're still going to shit on somebody. So he has a speech that uses language I won't use, but it's that idea of it's, it's the whole climax of the movie is when John Travolta's character realizes that, Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, we shit on the people of color, people of color shit on, um, Latinx people, Latinx people shit on native people. You know, like it doesn't matter. And even if we still get to the top, we're still, going to be shit on by the people at the top we're never like it doesn't matter yeah. there's always going to be someone to shit on that's just how life is and that well i mean i know that sounds awful and that it's a dark movie in many ways but it's like yeah that's true yes and the problems that people have with that movie are accurate um however it 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 shows well when you were a a, 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 a white male, you kind of could do whatever you wanted. If you wanted to ride a train on some girl in the back of the car, sure. If you want, like, white guys could do whatever they wanted. And it's about a guy realizing that. And like, oh, that, okay. That's why I love that movie. Anyway, that's nothing to do with The Purge. Sorry. Join me on my John Travolta fan cast coming soon. <laughs> I'm just going to chime in with two quick things to build off that the first one is what you were saying yes uh, one of my grandparents was that like um old school racist yeah where they didn't like certain types of white people yep like italians yep <laughs> they were like you know no, they don't yeah. even really like the irish yeah. too too much well i mean he they didn't have any problem with the irish you know, Irish are pretty white. I guess my family's old school racism is even older. <laughs> yeah, you got you come from like that, like East Coast. Very uh, bullshit. I came from like. An, there's also a huge difference. I'm straight Appalachian. Yeah, you are Appalachian. In no way are you guys Southern. You're an Appalachian family, and my family just it's old. It's not even just that they're Eastern. My father, <clears throat> my grandparents, my grandparents were born before the 20th century. Like, my family's just old. They remember racism back when it was hardcore. <laughs> and they participated, so, I'm sure. They remembered it up until a couple, like, days ago. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Just that old... I explain it as, like, you know what institutionalized racism is? How, you know, I think I talked about in the front half. There's a whole generation of people that call don't know the proper name of a Philbert Nutt. Not for any other reason than that's just what the door has been called. What are you talking about? Okay, I I want to talk about that for a second. Okay. Before I go to about Filbert nuts, let's do what this. What is a Filbert nut? I'm going to tell you what they're called. No, 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 no. no. Oh. I, I know, I know what you're going to say. I don't, and it's gross. Right. But explain, like, because I want to see if it's the same thing that my grandmother. It is. It's there. If you get a bag of mixed nuts, there are the larger ones that are black. 
Or no, they're, they're like a dark, 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 dark brown. And then the meat inside almost has like an almond cover, but okay. it's very clear inside, like a I white inside. To call, I mean, my grandmother called them something incredibly racist yep. and disgusting. But I was always told that those were called Brazilian nuts. Oh, am like I wrong? Brazil nuts. Are those Brazil nuts? Maybe um, I'm wrong. I think so. I'd never heard the, was it Gilbert nut? Is that what you're calling it? <laughs> yeah. I'd never Hang heard on. that term before. Um, I will say this while Cindy's looking this up. I'm, I, a filbert nut is a hazelnut, so I am wrong. And then a Brazil nut. You're, I have heard Brazil nut. You're absolutely right. A Brazil nut. Yep. You're. And gosh, you're absolutely right. Yes. My grandma called him something awful. That was not Brazil nut. Oh, no. Mine, uh, <laughs> neither did mine. Cindy was talking about Saturday Night Fever. I took a photo of her. That I may or may not post to our uh, <laughs> oh. Facebook page. Because oh, yeah. if you look at the photo and you zoom in over her shoulder. Right. <laughs> there's clearly you can see the Saturday Night Fever VHS tape. That's... <laughs> you can see the John Travolta that's always on my shoulder. That's the good Travolta. He literally looks like an angel dancing over Because he is. Door. He's the good Travolta. I have a good Travolta and I have a bad Travolta. But bad Travolta is uh, Travolta as Nick Cage from Face Off, as we all know. Oh, and good. No, I'm sorry. We don't talk about that one, honey. Good one is the one just there. And they give me a little advice and tips on her, on, uh, you know, as I go through my day. I'll go with Blowout. he uh we'll get into that really it really does come down to and this whole thing of class and where the first purge is way more about race it's like race first and class in some ways this is definitely class than race i think the older i get the more i don't know if the word is ashamed but i'm gonna i'm gonna say that that feels right of you know Uh, growing up I was taught like when I learned about China and Asian literature in in Chinese literature like oh and Americans went and stopped foot binding of women and American went and stopped um you know female genital mutilation in in the Congo and oh oh you know we're trying to help India they have a horrible caste system there it's horrible it's it's awful and the older I get, the more I'm like, bitch, those are all problems we fucking have. We have a caste system here. Sorry, we do. And I don't, you know, maybe we don't have the untouchables, but I'm sure we do. We have a group of people who, if the you know, people who, who are without a house, who are dirty and live on the street, might have a mental problem, but are essentially harmless. Who's going to pick them up and help them? Nobody. They're untouchable. Thanks, Reagan. Like, I'm just saying, like, this is, we are the enemy. Yeah. Do you do you want to know my absolute favorite thing about the Purge? What? About, you know, the original, what you call the OG Purge. I do call it the OG Purge. My favorite thing about it is, it really comes down to, at the end of the movie, when, you know, the upper class turns on the Ethan Hawke. They turn on each the, other the kind of a thing. Away. It really does go to show that... It's not race. Like, we're fed all the time that it's like this thing of, like, it's it's race. It's Absolutely race. It's race. Not. It's race. It's class. Yes. Right? And I'm not saying... Keep like, them fighting amongst yeah, themselves. Please don't misinterpret it saying, you know, hear me saying this and say and think that I'm saying that racism is not real or it doesn't exist. It's very real. It's, it's very a massive prevalent. problem in and our it's country. It's very systemic. Yeah, absolutely. But that's intentional. Right. Right? So the whole thing is 
the upper classes have divided us and kept us fighting amongst ourselves for so long that they've been able to just constantly steal out of our fucking back pocket. And we just always, like I said, it goes back to me mentioning, like, we're always punching down, right? Right. Shitting on if we you're have been sold talking about a, Saturday Night Fever yeah, terms. We've been on. sold a bad bill of goods in this country, right? Do you know what you sound like? Who? Malcolm X in that famous speech. Paul, you know, brothers, you've been sold a, you've been sold a bad sale of goods. Plymouth Rock, you know, we didn't land in Plymouth. Plymouth landed on us. Oh, brothers, you've been had. You know, I love malcolm x but you know what he looks like in my head when i close my eyes think of him dental washington yeah it looks like dental washington. do you want to know how the only reason that i, I love that ever <laughs> this is god the only reason i ever was like i'm going to study malcolm x was because of robin had been in tights fair hey, <laughs> and man. that speech that a very young dave Chappelle gives it doesn't matter how you get there it just matters that you get there right yeah um it but it's not false and the thing is, like, I've been told, like, my, I don't want to make my grandparents sound like monsters, but, like, the older generation has told me, like, I remember my mom's father thinking all Puerto Rican people had knives and they were dangerous. It's this thing. Like, That's what my birth yeah. father thought about uh, anyone who wore a turban. They keep a, they keep a blade up in there. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's this thing of, like, I have more in common with lower middle class people of color than i do with rich white people yeah right and yeah and i do share some traits with rich white people we are both white doors will open for me that will not open for people that don't um, look like you that don't look like me who make the same amount of money as me who live in the same neighborhoods as me right because that shit is very fucking real yeah especially here but at the end of the day right when it all goes down it's not going to be black people versus white people. It's not It's not going to be Hispanic people versus... It's going to be... At some point, we're going to wake up and realize what's happening. What the rest of the world re- realized during the French Revolution. And yeah, that, that well, it, it's against... Go out on a limb and say, I know I've been sounding like crazy socialist talk time here. Well, you always do. Huh? But I'm not advocating that we murder people. Just want to throw that out there <laughs> for what City just said with the French Revolution. It's not what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on record being like, we should kill people. Right. That's not what <laughs> I, we're advocating. I'm on record in saying that we should do what's best for all of us. Like, and I think that's the end of the purge, right? It's the guy who they saved by proxy yeah. to their son comes back and saves them. That's how that shit works. And it shows that it's not working for at, on any level. Yeah. We have to have each other's backs. Yeah. Because nobody else does. That's how this shit works. That's how, we, that's how we're successful. Right. America, we've been tricked into thinking it's, there's two types of people in America. There's the rich and the not rich yet. And that's never going to fucking happen. The reason that we were at our best during the greatest generation, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and we can argue about it if you want, is that there was a, we were at a time when women were largely in charge of the societies. We had a shared common goal. We looked beyond race and ethnicity because we had a common goal. Like We've got to do this. And when you lift all those restrictions, people are pretty, for the most part, oh, like, Okay, we have this common goal. Let's go. Let's do this. It doesn't matter what you look like. Well, I would also argue that you could add 
one of the highest corporate taxes in the history of the actually the highest yes. corporate tax in the history of this country. Yes. Uh, in the 1950s, which is what I was like to throw at people when they're like, yes. I'm going to go back to you know a time when family matter, like family values were a thing, and, da, 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 and they always want to go back to the 50s. It's like highest cool. corporate. I'll go tax. back to that corporate tax yes. rate and corporate tax structure, please. And the estate tax, yes. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, uh, the Purge movies are mm-hmm. there to to be fun and entertaining. And to, sh- and and to be a microcosm, to, yeah, to show us. But let me just say this. Where we are and where we're going. This is not where I expected to end discussing what's behind the Purge. Right. But you live in a society, right? Mm-hmm. Your obligation is to the other members of that society. Right. And that means... You have to sometimes take an L on insane dumb shit that you don't need <laughs> so other people can, like, have a fairly productive life. Yeah. Just take care of each other. Vote in the interest of us instead of me. Because the, the American dream really needs to be reframed from the me to the we. Because that's how we move forward as a society is by taking care of each other and not hoarding every dollar we can at the expense of the lower classes that we just eradicate. Boom. So that's the purge, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. So let's talk about... (laughs) Bud, we are... uh, This is going to be a long one. Let's real quick, let's go through the Arkov formula. Uh... Let's see. Is it based? Is there action? Yes. Quite a bit. And it's rather intense. Uh, revolutionary. This was the first of its kind. This idea of this. This was the first Purge movie. Were there, were there other movies before this that had the same concept? I mean. A one night free for all? No. No. Not like that. I mean this is essentially a home invasion movie. Those have existed for a while. Okay. Um, and the idea of like the government just being like. Fucking go at it. Get them feelings out is fairly a new yeah. concept in the film. Oratory, yes. We just went over some together. Uh, you know, that's what I did to a friend. Imagine what I can do to you. And then fantasy and fornication. Fantasy, yes, we're not quite there yet. God forbid. Uh, and fornication, I mean, we've they got the, the moment with the kids. Yeah, the, ki- the, the teenagers are making out. And there, there's some intense dry hump action. Movie teenagers. Yeah, movie teenagers. So kids in their 20s. Yep. Uh, the girl looks like Eliza Dushku was there. Um, All right. I love her. Let me let me throw some trivia at you real fast. Please do. To, to deepen the well of our already insane conversation. Um, <clears throat> so the director was asked why the film has so many... Opens with all this footage of, you know, the purge happening all over the place and all this stuff. You know, it's... All of, they actually use a lot of real footage from places, but we'll talk about that in a second. But they said, why did you then opt to have all this occur in one family's home after, you know, you had this big opening? And he said... This is a cool... Uh, this is a cool beat of trivia. I remember this. He said, we only had 19 days to shoot and $2.7 million to work with. So, boop. That's why we did not explore the world any deeper was because we had to stay in one house. Yeah. For financial reason. Um, uh, he did say that the homicidal ladies in white dresses were based on Charles Manson's followers and he kind of based the uh, smiling gentleman 
the guy who comes to the door on Charles Manson. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Hawke did this movie basically as a favor to his friend Jason Blum. Who was the director, the, right? Or producer. producer. Yeah. yeah. And Blumhouse. Yeah. <laughs> he basically like did this movie for scale and loaned his star power to it in exchange for like back end profits. Nice. So how it worked was Oh, that must have been... Uh, he got a $3,000 yeah. check up front to be in the movie. And then once the movie came out and was as big as it was with his back-end profits, he's actually made more from this movie than maybe any other movies ever made. <laughs> that's, a, that's a damn good uh, system. Right, took, it all on the, took it all on the back yeah. end. He saw in the future. He knew, he, he's not uh, new to this business. Yeah. Uh, Anything else? Yeah, so some of the footage we I mentioned... It was actual real footage. So they used footage in the opening from the 1992 Los Angeles riots. From uh, It's where the men shooting. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Afri- the Korean-American business owners and other volunteers from the community attempting to keep looters at bay. Yeah. The Korean-owned businesses were specifically targeted due to ethnic tensions at the time. So they actually used <sighs> real-life footage footage for the in the opening. openings yeah because it's not much of a that. stretch like this is one of those movies where it's in the future but it's not really in the far future right? that's why i keep like, saying we're not quite there yet and you mentioned uh the thing about the the daughter and her boyfriend and how like what was his plan so the director and writer james demonico originally that wasn't the story the boyfriend did not try to kill the dad it was the daughter who tried to kill the dad. Ooh. Because she's like, I love him. You're not going to keep us apart. And you're a monster. And, uh. But the studio was like, yeah, we're not doing that. Like, <laughs> that's apparently, a little crazy. Patricide, attempted patricide is too far. Oh, that's where we draw the line. Yeah. Okay, let me write that down. Yeah, make a, make a note of it. Thank you. I'll make sure to uh, note that the next time I watch a graphic rape scene. Yeah. Uh, so the bloody stranger who we talked about, the uh, guy they let into the house. Yes. He is... In all three of the original Purge movies, <laughs> in some capacity, and he actually gets a name. Later, yeah, his Dante Bishop. Okay. Mm-hmm. You remember house, that for the next one. The house is real. Actually, he's in the next one the least. Like, oh. He's basically just in it for a moment. Okay. The no. next time you see him in a in a role where he actually gets was a name he in the third Purge film. Was he in the first Purge? No. No. No, no, no. In okay. the first purge where it was a prequel. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got know, it. It I was just curious. went all the way back to the beginning and it's all new characters and they kind of yeah, started yeah. over from scratch. That's kind of... I'm interested to see how the new purge film is going to work because it's a sequel yes. to the third purge film. Which is what we're watching next. Carryover. So we're watching Purge 2 next. Purge right. Anarchy. Purge Anarchy is next, not and the third timeline's purge. crazy. I know. We did it backwards. It's like following Fast yeah. and the Furious or something. Okay. Let's go in order. All right. Well, then, until then. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Children. Yes. Oh, uh, I will not watch this with my youngest. This is not a movie for him. The middle, the, the 15-year-old, yes. He would love this movie. I think he's even seen this movie. And the uh, 75-year-old, no. Too too violent uh, too, for all the reasons that we just talked about. A little too heavy-handed on a message that... Uh, it, it she it's different for her so no not not that fair fair all right 
<laughs> Until next time. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay. Love, love one another. That's what the takeaway from this is. Love one another. And vote. Vote like your life depended on it.